0: Welcome to Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now. What hilarious happened then? And to ask,
1: is it almost 30? Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast, everyone. It's Linds. Thanks so much for being here literally means the world. Sometimes it makes me cry. We appreciate all of you for listening and for rating and reviewing on iTunes. We've gotten some amazing reviews lately. We appreciate you. If you haven't rated and reviewed, please do so. Go to iTunes, click on reviews, and then click write a review. And we would just love to have you write a review because it helps us to bring on more amazing guests and land sponsors that we love, believe in, and use. And then we could share discount codes with you guys as well as products and things like that. So head on over to iTunes. And also we wanted to remind you that we've launched our Patreon page. So Patreon is a way for our listeners to give either $2, $5, $10 or more a month and get, you guys get rad, rad rewards. I cannot speak today and I think it's because it is, um, the day of our country's birth, and I'm having a little trouble. (laughs) So Patreon is a way for us to get back to you. We share bonus episodes with our patrons. We send swag. We have a super cool Almost 30 hat that we just had made. Really excited to share that with you guys. We also shout you out on Instagram, on the show, and we give you an opportunity to call into the show, which is amazing and super fun. We want to hear from you. So check out our page, patreon.com slash almost 30. And we would love for you to be one of our patrons. And if you have any ideas or have any questions, just email us at almost 30 podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, we love you so much. We hope you are enjoying this 4th of July. I'm sure you're listening to this episode post 4th of July celebrations, but get present for this one. This one is amazing. We have on Thais Sky. Thais is a women's coach, writer, and truth speaker, and I'm going to read from her website. She says, I believe that overcoming our fears of not enoughness is the essential catalyst to everything we want. I also believe in the magical powers of kindness." turned inward and that our liberation is intricately tied together and that women's voices are the essential ingredient missing in this messy world. We talk so much to Thais. This one is (laughs) this one kind of like left us pausing. We thought we were woke. And Thais is like another level of woke. We talk about the worthiness wound, which she describes as that unshakable sense that no matter what you do and how much you have, it's never going to feel enough in that sense that there's something wrong with you and that you are deeply unlovable. That is the voice of the worthiness wound. So we go into that and so much more. We just talk about lifting each other up, not only... Um, women supporting women, but just humans supporting humans in this time in our world. It's a lot, but Thais is such a light and is helping women to become successful and feel worthy. And yeah, I have nothing more to say because I think the <laughs> the episode kind of speaks for itself. So please listen on, grab your notebook, let us know what you think. Thais is really, really special. You can find her on thaissky.com, T H A I S. S-K-Y. Yeah, I can't wait for you to hear this one. All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy this episode.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: What do you want to talk about? I'm just going to put my soothing, sexy voice Mm -hmm. in there. Oh, you do have one. Isn't it cool? We're just going to. We can hear yourself. It's so sexy. Can you do that? Can you lead us through a meditation? I mean, of course, if you want. Do you do that? You do that. I do everything except for stripping. I do, I don't I do, do that. that. <laughs> that's where I've got you. That's where we're. Also perfect match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> unless it's in my bedroom, and yeah. then <laughs> unless it's me after work when I need to get my clothes off my body bra <laughs> off as soon yes, as possible. Yes, I'm like bra off now. <laughs> Literally, that's like being home. That if that I work from home, home, I need to put a bra on, and that's how I know I'm like starting my day. I mean, oh really? Yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. percent If I'm like working from home, I'm like, girl, you need to put a bra on, or you're gonna like, you're a slob. Sometimes I
0: I work naked.
1: And you
2: do? I do, yeah. I don't like my laptop touching my naked body. Isn't that weird? I mm. I don't blame you. I don't
0: like, I'm like,
1: oh, God. But
0: some the L.A. heat, and it's just hot, and yeah. you just want to, like... If, uh, yeah. I'm, if I'm
1: working, though, I'm probably slouching at my computer. And yeah. sometimes, like, my naked body's slouching. Same, You're just like... I don't like
2: that. Wait, what? Yeah. Boobs. Boobs. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually Belly. a great
1: idea. Uh-huh. I want to do that this mm-hmm. week. Before my brother moves in with me. And I can't Hang be naked, out naked anymore.
2: I actually hung out naked yesterday. Justin's out of town in Denver. Mm. And Justin's my boyfriend who I live with. And
0: I figured. I, yeah. <laughs> I like,
1: right. He's
2: my dog. Not quick enough for a joke. That was yesterday. <laughs> And I just was like walking around my house naked for like the whole day. Isn't it, is was it is
1: fun? So amazing. So, how do
2: you two know each other?
1: Oh, good question. Tender. Thank you for inter- yeah. <laughs> interviewing. Yeah. She's already taking the <laughs> reins. I see. <laughs> <laughs> see what kind of lady you are. <laughs> Kristen and I uh, met out here actually, but we've been following each other, like in a like creepy not stock intentionally. Or we or didn't know each other. No, we didn't know. But geographically, we've been kind of like skipping around. So to she same was in New York cities. City. I was in New York yeah. City. I moved from New York City here. Oh,
2: I'm We get introduced to your introduce friend. I want to be in New York mm. next week. You are? Oh, yeah. I am. What are do you, do you do? like, bi-coastal? Like, I, would, I mean, what do that do you is, do you,
0: do travel you will wise? be. Uh, the I mean, I have family on, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So when I go to Maryland, I try to also go to New York, just because I love the city. Yeah, mm. But uh, I'm not, I mean, my business is online, so I guess I could be. Anywhere. World Coastal. You could be Bali <laughs> on your computer. Oh, my God, Bali. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> Laptop lifestyle. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this is me at the pool, week <laughs> No, listen, ladies. If I'm going to fucking Bali, I'm not fucking working. Yeah. Okay, please, please.
2: That's with blog- blogging, and it's kind of hard because it's like that's my time to shine. Yeah. It's when mm-hmm. I'm traveling, yeah. it's my time to get content. It's my time to get pictures, blah, blah, blah. And it's
0: hard to. So true. It's hard to. Turn that on. No, I, I bet. Like today, I was at the beach, and the last thing I want to be doing is taking self. You know, I, I just want to be present with my yeah. life. And yet, there's that vo- nagging mm-hmm. voice like, this is the so perfect picture. Yes. Literally. <laughs> what is that voice? <laughs> what
1: is that fucking I'm voice, obsessed right? With that voice. But we all have it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I love that particular voice. I, I think Every, we all have that voice the that's like millennial. Take the picture. <laughs> yes. Take the picture. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Millennial entrepreneur voice. Oh, my God. So true. It's like,
1: you're like,
2: oh, my God. And then you're like, we should
0: have captured that. Yes.
2: <laughs> if I, you know, you're like, <laughs> oh
0: fuck. Like, I ever think if
2: like ever anything's really funny or fun, I'm like, God, I should
0: have got video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the worst part is you don't, you know, you hang out with people and it's amazing, and then you leave and you're like, fuck, I didn't get any photographic 100%. evidence that that cool experience just happened. Is any? Did it didn't really mm-hmm. happen? Yeah. Like, are people going to believe me that that really happened? Or if I look really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. I'm this like, is what's the <laughs> fucking point? This is, this is officially hashtag a sword problems. It yeah. is. Like, the epitome Actually, of it. I feel
2: bad. Like, I think I feel bad for just kids like now. Like, I can't imagine when I was growing up, I wore a different outfit every single day. Like, if I had Instagram and shit, like, damn. Like, the pressure to have different outfits, different clothes, kind of like keep on top of things because at that age it's like really like new stuff is cool Mm. you know what I mean I
0: watched a uh, documentary last night called Daisy and (gasps) I saw that have you seen it Daisy and Mag or something Audrey Audrey yes and it's about these bullying. two. Yeah, it's about high school bullying and being sexually assaulted. And then one of them committed suicide. Yep. And then the other one created. Anyway, Damn. it's uh, I mean, and I was thinking like, wow, I remember when I was a freshman, I went to a party. I got, you know, I snuck out of the house. I got drunk. I smoked weed. Like I yeah. did all the things. I, I overdid it. It was a high school uh, senior mm. party. You know, bad things could have happened. The, the, I was puking, you know, I was a freshman puking in the bathroom. Uh-huh. There could have been a really That's bad repre- repercussions of that. Luckily, there weren't because this was slightly before social media, mm-hmm. like just like what, a yeah. year? So no one could really yeah. gossip and talk about it because, yeah, it happens. Because so they didn't true. know
2: there wasn't the way. You mm-hmm. know what's crazy is that show, um, did you, Remember at the end the boy that sexually assaulted Daisy or one of the girls. Yeah. They were like, What did you learn through this whole process? Oh my God. That was the worst. Do you die? Oh no. Do you die? Oh. So they're asking oh, this I kid, you they're like, me. What did you learn through this whole process? That so girls they-
0: are dramatic. Girls And they are, gossip.
2: Girls are dramatic and like they gossip and guys are just chilling cool. Back. And yeah. And they're laid back. No,
0: the worst part for me was a sheriff.
2: Yo, what did he say?
0: So Yo. he was responsible <laughs> for overseeing the the whole evidence. Yes. for the two boys that the investigation raped the two fucking girls. Yep, and uh, he has daughters that are yes. in high school. Yes. and in the interview he was like, you know. People aren't taking responsibility. Like they need to be taking responsibility. They need to be looking at their part of the crime. And the yep. interviewer was like, "And and that's we agree with that." Except in this particular instance, the boys committed the crimes. And he goes, "You sure about that?" Yes. Hu, 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 hu. Shut up. Yes. Yeah. Like he, he goes, was basically sure saying that the girls were only saying that stuff for drama. Yes. To make it up. Damn. That was fucked up. This is the rape was culture that in, we live in. And was this in like? where was
1: it like a city
2: Missouri Missouri Missouri. this
1: is Missouri
0: I think the most important thing as adults is to continue to be in conversation with children with our Mm, children and be Mm. clear on the mistakes that we've made instead of trying to Mm. appear like we're the perfect adults that's a good one like if my mom had told me you know like she got dumped by her boyfriend it would have just made me feel oh okay totally that's so true it's not just me I think the more human
1: that our like parents appear early on the better yeah you know, because they yeah, try to be true. this like really strong figure, mm-hmm. or hide like what they're not very proud of. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's like, no, that would I, that would be ideal for you yeah. to share. Yeah. In, the, yeah, in any situation. Yeah, you know, but
2: yeah, like that's why my mom hides her like, ish, like she has anxiety, depression, and she's like
0: hidden that from us her whole life. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shame. There's so many things that we to be unpacking here. There's so much shame. Shame. That's true. Uh, And uh, women in depression. It's a whole thing.
1: Should we introduce our guest? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) After
0: our little intro convo. How do you
2: introduce yourself? Like, when you introduce yourself to people, what do you say?
0: I am amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, hi, this is all you need to know. And that's all you need to know. I'm a life coach. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher, meditation teacher. I'm a speaker, Mm -hmm. motivational speaker. I a coach supporting women feel more worthy in their lives Mm. and i do that through my online platform as well as teaching in la so done mic drop period end done how do people
2: is your name real it is real i know your name is fucking crazy so my
0: name is thais carolina Cavalcanti Guimarães. i am brazilian it's amazing uh (sighs) what (laughs) that's amazing (laughs)
2: You're (laughs) gonna do you're gonna do it. You're like confidently gonna check in. We
1: have to learn it for the for our intro.
2: Oh it's Sky. Just Tai Sky. Yeah. Tai Sky. Yeah, Tai Sky. That's like a amazing name. Thank you. That's beautiful.
0: It was very intentional. Really? What's the background? My angel form came down in my mother. Really? No.
2: Oh my god, I believed it. I was like, damn girl, that's so cool. She's like, Thais, please name her Thais.
0: Uh, my mom loved the name Thais. Thais is very popular in Brazil. I mm. love it. So, uh, it's, it's good, good for kids, good for adults. Yeah. Love and then it. the H is, is silent. So, it's like Megan. Like, you don't pronounce mm. Megan differently. There's an H in there. It's Megan. the same in Portuguese. Oh, okay. It's just Thais, whether, whether mm. there's an H or not. Uh, but then when you come into the U.S., it makes a big difference. Really? Because there's Thais. Thais, 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 cries. So wait, let's talk about your journey and your path to where you are today. Mm. Sure. How old are you? I am 28, 27. Wow, shut incredible. up. Incredible. I'm turning 28 in June. You're a baller. Damn. Thank you.
2: Damn, how are you a baller well, at 27? You guys are like what?
0: We're ballers know. too, that's yeah, true. Winners.
2: Twi- yeah, half that. Winners. <laughs> we're 29.
0: What are we called? Okay. Muggles and and just entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. I though. mean, I don't want to say witches because that's, that, 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 that's very sacred. That has its own thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's the like, muggles and the non muggles. Muggles seems negative, though. Mm-hmm. It's not negative. No, there's plenty of good muggles. Like, we need the muggles. Muggles are that's great. true. Matt yeah. knows.
2: Matt actually has a Harry Potter podcast. It's famous, it's been around for a long time. Is muggles from Harry Potter? Yes. Cool. I need that. Did you perk up? Um, Did you get a little Harry Potter boner? <laughs> just a little
0: bit. <laughs> do, you, do you really have a, just, <laughs> a Harry Potter podcast? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. Look, and isn't I said muckles. Look, the, do, we relate, do
1: we relate? Do we relate in a well, deeper way right I now? To correct you because we're in America and they're called nomad.
2: <laughs> Die for you. <laughs> Die for you.
1: It's a common it's a common They're
2: called nomadge.
1: Americans call them nomadge. What no What does that stand for? No magic.
2: No Nomadic.
1: I think it's stupid.
2: I agree. Oh my god. Wow. Madge.
1: That,
0: uh, uh, do we need to move on? Do we need to keep going? Because I think I think we got all we
2: needed that's to get so done right true. here. We're done. <laughs> We're done here. Let's sorry. Let's take off our headsets. No like, match. Is, this is epic.
1: Wait, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: Any other facts about that? Muggles? Um, no. Do sorry. you get that from reading the books? Like just tons of them? No, or? there's no no match in the no, books. No, there's
1: no no match. Uh, J.K. Rowling announced it when she was doing the. Uh, she was writing the screenplay for uh, Fantastic Beasts.
2: Oh. The Did you see that?
1: I I did. You, did. you don't need to see. It. Really? Yeah. It's it's gonna be five movies. Really? Um, it's, wow. It's sad. Oh. Yeah. Just yeah. Just disconnect yourself from,
2: from that. Just read
1: the books. Just read the books, and you can watch the movies if you
0: want. Harry Potter movies are amazing. I have all seven Harry Potter books, and I have the hard copy. Me too. And uh, i read still, them in like a few days. They're still on the East Coast because I didn't want to bring them over. Uh, yes, at that time. But now I'm like, fuck, how am I supposed to get these seven 30-pound individual so books true. over to L.A.? Uh, so I'm deciding I'm going to have my parents ship one book at a time, like once a <laughs> mm, month. Your that. poor parents. <laughs> And, and then God by month, it's like 10, days. Yeah, they're uh, like $17 every month. <laughs> Shipping costs. Uh, like, this would, like, I'm not going to fucking put it in my suitcase because it's heavy. It's so heavy. And when you're traveling, you already have so many heavy things to carry. This is, again, first world problems. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of my my Harry Potter issue right now. 100%. Uh, this is what keeps me up at night, people. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your story. Reel it in, yeah, How'd your you path? get to where you are today? Okay. So, uh, let's see. I was born in Brazil. And I went to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. And From Brazil to Boston? When did you move? I moved to Maryland when I was seven. Oh, okay. That's an important stop. I'm sorry. I yeah, forgot no. that stop. Very important stop. <laughs>
2: first Brazil and then
0: Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, seven years old, moved to the United States, went mm-hmm. to school in Boston. And my first year in college, I developed a pretty serious binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Which didn't come out of nowhere. It culminated from, you know, societal pressures and high school and the need to look skinny and you're starting to develop curves. And again, no one really talks about the importance of being okay with your yeah. body as it expands. You know, because yeah. mm. our society is so obsessed with women looking like they're 12 when they're 100%. 40. Mm-hmm. So Matt <laughs> even agrees. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Why is that? Oh, God, <laughs> obsessed. So, so, uh, developed binge eating disorder, and that that was terrifying. And I felt like I was losing control of my life. And so even though I was getting great grades and I was kind of flourishing Mm -hmm. in my in my academic realm, in my personal life, I felt like I was slowly falling apart. And it was my last year in college when I had this kind of awakening, had a dark night of the soul experience. I remember I was. In my friend's apartment it was like 90 degrees there's no air conditioning it was hot it was humid
2: like we are like yeah right, right, right now. now yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: uh in the middle of the night i was in a, you know i couldn't sleep and all i kept thinking about was how i wanted to eat a block of cheese that was in the fridge and and that's when you know that you know there's something going on here when you can't think of anything else yeah when mm. you, all you can think about is the next thing you're going to eat and how mm. much you want to eat that mm-hmm. thing and uh I put my hands together and I prayed and I said, fuck God, like, fuck, I need help. Like, Mm. I need help. And I I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. Uh, But at that moment, like, I fell to my knees, you know, uh, metaphorically. I needed something. And I heard a response. I I heard something. And, uh, you know, Mm. the words that I received was, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Mm. And that's all I needed in that moment to Mm. open myself to the possibility that, it's not just me operating in a in a vacuum in this life. And so I started the path of what it looks like to coexist with the universe mm-hmm. and co-work and be in alignment with something greater than myself. And so that's when I started really diving into Buddhism and other spiritual teachings. And I got into yoga and I started uh, really getting into yoga and yoga. Um, Very quickly from that moment on, I knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. I knew that I wanted to be a coach. I started as a health coach. I went through Mm -hmm. IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And uh, I just kept feeling this pull that I needed to be an entrepreneur, even though I really didn't want to be an entrepreneur. Like there was nothing about being an entrepreneur that I wanted. I felt like I needed structure. I felt like Mm -hmm. I needed the support systems of an organization Mm -hmm. but the pull again and again you have to do this this is what you have to do Mm -hmm. so uh four years later i moved to la and quit my full-time job and started taking my business a hundred percent seriously so and that was two years ago almost so i've been an entrepreneur for six years and then doing it full-time here in la was that scary Yeah. No, it was scary. I drove across the country by myself and the entire drive, I felt like I was going through a a hero's journey, felt like a a hero, a heroine's journey, right? Like going into a state of awakening. I remember the first day I only had to drive four hours and two hours in, I was like, okay, I'm bored. A hundred percent I'd die. What what do I do now? What do you do? but I kept I made stop pit stops along the way. I stopped in Chicago and I taught mm-hmm. a workshop there and then I was in Denver for a week for a wedding and I taught a workshop there and then cool. I came to LA and I taught a workshop here. So I you know, I made it happen for myself and yeah, it was scary. I think the scariest part was being in LA and not having like I didn't quit my job with making a million dollars or having yeah. seven figures or whatever yeah. the elusive level successes is. Yeah. so i was scared because i was like i don't know if i'm going to be able to pay my bills next week yeah i don't know if i'm going to how long mm. i'm going to be able to make it i was living off of savings and films and uh, it was absolutely terrifying and i remember thinking again and again and again if you leap the net will appear if mm-hmm. you leap the net will appear well the net never fucking appeared mm-hmm. like i I was like, I'm free-falling, and there's no net. Everything. Like, hello, mm. where's the net? And everything that I had been teaching myself up to that point, manifestation, law of attraction, yeah. nothing was working. It wasn't working. And so when someone says, the law says that it will work if you do these things, and you are doing those things, and it's not working, what do you do? You immediately think, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with me. Yeah, I'm not doing it well enough. Mm. I'm not doing it enough. Yeah." And that feeds right into... What I'm constantly seeing with women is society keeps telling us that we need to be a certain thing and we're never going to be that thing. And so not only do we have our own idealized image of who we should be, we have society's expectation of who we should be. And then in the spiritual world, this enlightened space, we still have our egos telling us how we should be. Mm-hmm. If you have the funnels, if you have the branding, if you have the things, boom, seven figures. Yeah. If you have the podcast and do it all right and do it like this, mm-hmm. boom, advertisers are gonna be knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, if you have all of these things, easy peasy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing these things, or if you're not believing in yourself enough, then you're not going to get the results.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All this mindset, it's all this uh, energy in our heads that if we just keep running and running and running, we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. We just have to believe in ourselves and manifest and sit with the divine feminine energy and let it be, mm-hmm. but also secretly be panicking and freaking out if mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. enough. Anyway, so that culminated into a huge clash where you know things were moving, but... It was not the promised land that I had hoped for. And it hit a a really dark point. This was last December where I was like, this is not working anymore. Mm. And I have to try something new. So that has been my journey of the past five months is figuring out what that something new is. Mm. Mm. What are you thinking about? Well, a couple things. First, I really started to look at all of the beliefs that I really took for granted. Mm -hmm. The beliefs that I was indoctrinated in the spiritual entrepreneurial world. Mm Like said, beliefs. Where'd you hear those beliefs? Like, I mean, I had a coach, mm-hmm. you know, mindset manifesting coach, uh, who taught me a lot of these beliefs, and it fucking sucks. Just kidding, I just- it sounded great. Yeah. This is the thing with it; it sounds really good. Yeah. This idea that you can have and be all, and if you don't have and be all, it's because you're not working hard enough yeah. or you're believing in yourself enough. Yeah. This is what they call the post-feminine ideals. So right now, we live in a and some people believe that we live in a post-feminine area or space. Mm-hmm. Just like there's some people that believe that we live in a post-racism space. Mm-hmm. Because we've, we've elected Obama, so we can't have racism. Racism doesn't exist anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So we have that in this post-feminine ideal, which is we're all equal now. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Women have just as many opportunities mm-hmm. as men. So the only reason why women mm-hmm. aren't as successful as men is because we're not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Because if we just worked hard enough... We could have it. Yeah. Look at Ivanka's Trump latest book. That's the entire book. It's basically saying this is how I got to success, and it was because I believed in myself and I worked really hard and I hired ten nannies. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Oh my 100%. god. What? The That's problem. Really right. <laughs> the problem with that, and and I'm seeing this also in the entrepreneurial space, this idea that we can have it all, is that it takes us as silos, like you as an individual, as opposed to you in a collective. We've forgotten that we live in a collective. We've forgotten that we are not separate from the belief systems that got us here. Mm. And a lot of those belief systems are still very much embedded in us about how women are inferior, how we have to be constantly obsessing over the male gaze, like how men view us. Mm. We are fed advertisements that are told that we have to look a certain way, Mm -hmm. that we have to be whatever. So then what we do is we create a brand where we epitomize that we have it all. Mm -hmm. And how is that any different? Like, if we don't like that they sell Toyota cars with women in, like, strappy bikinis, we don't like that, right? Mm -hmm. That that feels yucky to Mm, women. Like, why would we do that? Well, they're selling this sex appeal and women being objectified. How is that any different than us using our branding photos and our photos on our websites that only show how perfect our life is. Mm -hmm. It's selling the same thing. You can have it all. You can be it all. Look at me. I have it all. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the beliefs that I started to really ask myself, is this really empowering women? Mm -hmm. Or is this empowering Thais on the backs of women? Mm -hmm. Is this really, really supporting the collective empowerment of women? Mm -hmm. Or only empowering the few white, privileged women Mm -hmm. that can afford my $50,000 a year coaching. Yeah. Mm. Yeah,
1: So that was, that's where you came to a halt in December where you were like, no, this is not feeling good to me.
0: Exactly. Okay. So I've been, I've been, I've been sold all these things and I have been kind of spewing all these things and empowering
2: the empowered. Yeah. It's kind of like what, Yeah. or like empowered by, being white, being mm-hmm. privileged, whatever. Because
0: I was, I had my blinders on, and and this is why I don't blame anyone that still has their blinders on. Because it's not like I was blinding purposefully. It's not like I was purposefully trying to be privileged, or per, mm-hmm. or, or not purposely trying to be privileged. What am I trying to say? Purposefully trying to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, purposely trying to sell, having it all, to abuse other women. Yeah. None of this is, you know, purposefully being done. And one of the things that I've realized is that we have to be looking at intention. Yeah. Intention is important, but impact is more important. Impact over mm. intention always. Always. Yeah. Because, of course, we never intended to, to you know, abuse black people. Yet we do it all the time mm-hmm. in all of these ubiquitous ways. Yeah. So we have to be looking at impact and intention. Intention is one, but it doesn't overdo the impact. Here's a stupid example. If I hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. okay, and I, you know, said something very rude to you. Yeah. And you come to me and you're brave enough to say this to me. Most people aren't, right? You're brave enough to say that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I can say, well, that wasn't my intent. Does that feel like, does that land with you? Like Does that feel like, oh, then you're off the hook. Oh, mm. oof, God, that wasn't your intention. We can be, oh, we can be best friends now. Yeah. That's not how it works, right? Yeah. You, what I'd rather. Well, they don't own it in that, in that moment. Yeah. So yeah. the, the, the one. more spiritually kind of evolved answer is fuck. Mm. I I hear that 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 wasn't my intent. Yes, and I really did hurt your feelings, and I'm so sorry. Yep. And I'm gonna see or do or think or sit Mm -hmm. with that. And that that's that's grounded energy. Mm -hmm. That's saying I hear you, Mm -hmm. I see you, and I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to start thinking about and doing on a bigger scale. Is my marketing perpetuating women's uh, or or, uh, perpetuating Mm -hmm. violence against women? And if you find that, you know, in some way it is, shit, I am so sorry. Mm. Wow, I didn't know I was doing this. But now I'm really going to look at the impact Mm. of what I'm doing instead of just focusing on my intent and how perfect I am. Because that doesn't get Mm. us off the hook. It just perpetuates our negativity or not negativity, our ignorance. Mm. So
2: So because it does, I guess... As a life coach and motivational speaker and everything like that, like I guess you're a lot of the marketing that you guys do, it seems like is to perpetuate the idea that you have a perfect life. Exactly. Because that's why people would want to go to
0: you, quote unquote. Exactly. Because you have the perfect life. And I have the wanna, answers. Yeah. I have all the answers. So, yes, that's exactly right. That is how it started. Yeah. It started with why would you go to a life coach? Because a life coach has the answers that you crave. You're feeling of It's all like a trainer. It's
2: like why would you go to a trainer if the trainer
0: isn't, super in shape. What do they know? It's It's kind of that same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm Exactly. So it it continues this idea that in order for you to be an expert in something, you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But no one is perfect, one. And two, we live in an entrepreneurial space where everyone's so excited about being an entrepreneur that we have a lot of experts who are not experts. So we have a lot of people who call themselves experts, but they have no expertise. Mm -hmm. You know, they've done one life coaching course, and now they think that they're an expert in holding space for someone's brokenness. And mm-hmm. so we see a lot a lot of these n- women craving quick money, craving the ans- you know the wanting their brand to look a certain way. They invest thousands of dollars and then they just push that down the line. Mm-hmm. And it's hurting women. I guess that's the whole point I'm mm-hmm. trying to get to here. It's hurting women and how can I feel good about that? As a as a coach, how can I feel good that my prices are so alienating to 90% of the population. So the people who need it most can't get access to me because I was taught that you have to charge a ridiculous rate in order for you to offer ridiculous transformation. Damn. Skin in the game. You have to be charging a really high rate. In
1: order for people to invest and feel, yeah. take
0: you seriously. Take you seriously, 100%. And, and I'm and not sure extra. that that's true either. So that's what I've been doing. I've been really unearthing all of these beliefs that I've been taught uh, some of them, all of them, came with great intentions, but now I'm like, does that really land for me and who I want to be in this world and as someone who activates worthiness within within women and who wants to empower women and who wants to see more women rise up into leadership so that we can, you know, start really seeing equality? How am I contributing to women staying small, and me positioning myself as above and better actually is then creating a pyramid where I have to have followers in order for me to be the leader? but then how is that really empowering, right? I want to be more like the woman at the back of the line pushing people forward and inspiring and encouraging than being at the front of the line, being like, look how easy. I can have 10 children and a career and I look beautiful and just follow me and all of your dreams will come true. And I grow my own vegetables.
1: And I don't have wrinkles. Yeah.
0: amazing <laughs> i
2: grow my own
1: vegetables. <laughs> drink from my hot spring in my backyard <laughs> yeah. um that's so yo this true. is like it's so has me speechless yeah. to be honest how and i know you're still like percolating on yes, it so much percolation so do you want to reach more women who you do want to reach more women who wouldn't normally have access or the means to pay for a coaching session. So does that mean like using your online platform more? Like what Mm. is,
0: or like creatively thinking about like- So here's one thing, yeah. So here's one thing that I've been really thinking about. Are my posts, the things that I'm writing about, are they only for white women? Mm -hmm. Like do really only white women have this problem? 100%. 100%. But do you, oh, sorry to interrupt, no, 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 but like as the
1: author of the article, like I would feel, you know, like could you speak to like the trials of No, I mm-hmm. couldn't. Black, you know what no, I mean? I'm so, so I, glad you asked that question. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Here's, so
0: so for example, let's talk about Ivanka Trump because she's mm-hmm. an excellent example. So, so she wrote from her genuinely own experience, but the way she wrote it is inspiring all women into her experience, right? But the only women who can really even closely relate to her experience are women, white women who have money. 100%. So I'm not saying that That's she, her demographic, dude. Right. But I, And, though, and, mm-hmm. but she's right-hand woman to the president, and she's saying that she's going to help women's equality. How can you help women's equality if the only women you are helping are white women? How is that... Like... Do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. she won't she would never say I'm helping white women equality, but that is what she's doing. 100%. So, when I'm writing something, I just keep in mind, is this relatable? Is this a problem or a challenge that all women experience or is it just white women that experience this problem? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what nanny to hire today. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like do I hire this nanny or mm-hmm. this nanny? The majority of Americans can't hire anybody mm-hmm. so maybe i don't share about my challenges about hiring an nanny i don't have ki- children so mm-hmm. this is a completely metaphorical conversation so do you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. just being a little bit more cognizant of i have issues that may or may not Mm -hmm. actually speak to the majority of people's issues. And so if I'm only talking about those issues, it's not that I can't talk about them, but if I'm only talking about those issues, or in my website copy, I'm only talking about uh, challenges that really are almost like an elite problem, then then what am I doing? Then I Mm -hmm. I am supporting women, but white women. And I want to be more inclusive. And that's the goal. I just want to be more inclusive. I don't want to just be speaking to the choir of white women. I want to be speaking to all women. And, you know, if they don't resonate with me and my message, totally fine. If they don't want to hire me, totally fine. You know, if they don't feel inspired by me because I am a white woman, totally fine. There's no judgments. And I just don't want people to be like, oh, she's like Ivanka Trump or like she's only talking about those problems, Mm -hmm. you know, just want to be a little bit more relatable. And there's so much that I do, so much of the work that I do that is relatable. Like almost all women have voidiness issues. So I just have to make sure that when I'm talking about them, it's coming from the space of all women experience Mm -hmm. this and to a sliding scale, some less and some more. And that has helped me feel more grounded. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Grounded in the true challenges of all women and not just the elite few. Mm -hmm. So for those of you listening and you're like, oh my God, (laughs) that sounds like so much work. It's really not. All you have to start thinking about is is this thing that i'm sharing really relatable to people mm-hmm. or is this something that not a lot of people can relate to except for a few and mm-hmm. is that what you want to be perpetuating mm. and if i'm a women's life coach then i kind of have to take some responsibility for that
3: mm-hmm.
2: I feel like it's the the white women that seek out the self-help the coaches yeah because
0: they you, you know because if they we, can i guess mm-hmm. yeah
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Once your needs are met at a certain level, you're able to right. do the other things. And, yep. you know, your problems become different problems where you're trying to figure out how to get the promotion or try to get to the next level, whatever. And you're it's, not trying to figure out how to
0: fucking feed your kids. Yeah. It's also uh, the patriarchal hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Where they serve the white men first, they're the priority, mm-hmm. you know, and then the, the white women, mm-hmm. and then everybody else, and they mm-hmm. fall in line in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, that those that have more resources available to them will be able to afford coaching. Mm-hmm. So working, I, I've been doing this work for a very long time. I know that my work is rad, and mm-hmm. I want to be compensated for that. So my pricing is line of me feeling like I am really like the work that I offer is yeah. equal, equitable to the money I receive. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more pricier. Mm-hmm. But then I offer meditations for 5 to $7. Mm-hmm. I also, I offer digital products for like $40. Like mm-hmm. I offer like a full spectrum of services. Mm. So no one feels like they can't access me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not charging $20,000 for a year, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that type of pricing, like that's a car payment. Like that's a car, mm-hmm. you know? We really have to be thinking about that. What if... The amount of money people pay for you does not equal the level of transformation. What if it's the people that you work with and the work that you do that equals the, tr- the transformation?
3: Mm-hmm. And so
0: what if it's not so much about the price but the energy of which you show up that will offer the transformation for the client?
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: So maybe instead of having, oh, one webinar worked, I got like a client. So now I'm going to sell how to do webinars and I'm gonna sell it for a yeah. package of thirty million dollars and I've only done it oh, once, but so now I'm gonna insane. package it and make a million dollars out of it because I can. Right? Mm-hmm. What if we approached it differently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if we approached it as, you know, more grounded, more what's real? Mm-hmm. Like what can I truly offer? Mm-hmm. What education do I need to get to make sure that I can truly offer this mm-hmm. service? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I've only been doing this for a month, maybe I shouldn't charge millions of dollars. Yeah. Like maybe I need to up my prices slowly as mm-hmm. my level of understanding of the business world increases. Mm-hmm. It's just being pragmatic. And the reason why this is so new to me is because that's not what I was taught. You know, I was taught raise your rates, have them high, make them, mm-hmm. you know, because then you only have to have six clients at $20,000 and you have a six-figure business. Yeah. And that's the epitome. Or that's the goal, the yeah. six-figure business. And so it's basically exploiting people so that you can have the six-figure dream. That didn't feel good anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you tell everyone you have a six-figure business, right? Oh, yeah. That's the rule. It's That's the like goal. That's the craziest thing. That's with, the rule, is you Facebook tell ads. everyone with Facebook ads that you I think you have I'm going to delete all
1: of the accounts that I li- watch Insta stories where they're like... 100%. We're six-figure earners. We're seven-figure earners. Shut like up. we just hopped on our Facebook Live
0: with all of us. No one in the corporate you know? world talks about income this way. No one. Hundred no, percent. Like no yeah, one why, talks about why money this way. Yeah. Why? is it this in way. this in this coaching self help? Yeah. Why is it? And what's crazy is, prove is that they also don't talk about real money. So, but it, but it. That's true. They talk about like Pre-tax. they made. Yeah. They talk Pre-tax, about how money, much they yo. made, but they don't talk about how much it costs, how much debt they're in, how yeah, much. Like I know plenty yeah. of people who. Made Made six figures in a year and it cost them six figures to make that. Yeah. So they actually ended up with nothing. Yeah. And is that sustainable for most people? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's perpetuating the lie too. It's perpetuating the lie. And so here's my goal right now in my life, in this Mm -hmm. moment. I want to break down the lies. So I've got built up all these lies over the years of who I should be and how I should be in the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've created a whole brand up here in this, in this pedestal of lies Mm -hmm. okay and uh, it was working for a while and it was always with good intentions people Mm -hmm. but now I'm like ah fuck this shit Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be real so I'm gonna start dismantling all of the lies Mm -hmm. and as I work my way down I'm gonna get to what's real and then that's where I'm gonna be for a while Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of being quote-unquote like a disruptor right now only Mm -hmm. because I'm in the process of dismantling the lies and Mm -hmm. sharing that with others in my journey and then eventually I don't. I don't need to be a disruptor anymore. I can just be yes. where I'm at mm-hmm. and share truthfully and be a real grounded brand and be a woman that I can look in the mirror and feel like I'm doing good in the world. Mm. And that's my goal.
1: What per, what, what sparked this?
0: <laughs> yeah. What did
1: you say? I so said, "What are the lies?"
0: You uh, know. Yeah. Well, we're talking about some of them. I mean, these are the lies that seven-figure business oh, means okay. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, what, how did this... So, December, I felt really sluggish the entire month. I don't know why. I just felt really tired. I felt like nothing was working. I felt exhausted. But I had strategically planned that January I was going to launch my second version of my uh, Owner Spotlight group program. Mm-hmm. I ran the first one in August. It was beautiful. I loved it so much. And so, I, even though everything in my body told me not to do it... um. Because I was, I was also feeling really jaded by the coaching industry. Mm. I was feeling like, how is it that these people that know nothing are making so much money?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it, that felt really yucky. You know, like the genuinely good people, the people who I see really know what they're talking about are making so little. And the people who just invest in a website and they're the loudest and have the most Facebook ads, they seem to be just making all the money. And that felt so unfair to me in that moment. And so I was sluggish, I was unexcited, but I felt this pressure to launch my group program because of my strategic plan. I had a very strategic plan Mm -hmm. for 2017. And so I pushed and I launched it and it went fine, you know, it was fine. Uh, But the entire time I was like, oh, this does not feel good. And in that process of not feeling good and feeling jaded by the industry, I found a woman named Kelly Deals, and she wrote about the female lifestyle empowerment brand. She's writing this whole book about what it means to have a female lifestyle empowerment brand. And uh, she calls it FLEB for short. I love mm-hmm. that so much. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Ivanka Trump is the epitome of a FLEB. I mean, think about it. Female means that she has to epitomize the women, like the sexy woman, like mm-hmm. what the embodiment of a true woman is. Literally. That's female. So she looks like a robot. Yeah. You have lifestyle. You have to sell lifestyle. We've been talking about that. You have to look like you have it all. That you have the perfect life. You have to be showing your messy kitchen and has like one book that's a little misaligned. You know, mm-hmm. so messy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some days you just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And then you have empowerment. And that's when you're like supporting everyone. You're empowering people. You're empowering women. Again, on the backs of women. In order for you to be on the top of an empowerment brand, a lot of people had to sacrifice and not yeah. do well. Um, and then a brand, and she talks about how the women have this pressure to be a brand, so and they can't really be themselves anymore. Like not even entrepreneurs, just like yeah. any woman, have feels like they have to have this brand image in the world. Um, okay, so she wrote that article, and she's continuing to write. What's articles. her name? Uh, Kelly Deals, D I E L S, yeah. and I fell in love with her work because she w- she. Put name to everything that I was feeling already, yeah. uh, and then I entered her Facebook group. And in the group, we talk—well, the, the women uh, and men in the group talk a lot about uh, inclusionary marketing and how to sell in a in a way that is inclusionary. And so we have a lot of conversation about sexism, but also racism. And ableism, this idea mm-hmm. that able bodied uh, people are better than disabled people mm-hmm. and that our society doesn't help disabled people. Mm-hmm. You know, th- um, there's just a lot of conversations about, you know, what it looks like to be a woman mm-hmm. when right now we have so many people in the non binary realm mm-hmm. or people who are trans or, you know, converting from one to the other and like how they want to be called and how they want to be perceived in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conversation, right? about sex and gender and what that looks like. So we talk a lot about inclusionary marketing techniques. And when I was in that group, I started feeling like, okay, so I really was feeling like something is off. So that's what kind of sparked it in December, January. And then I've been in this whole, and just this past month, I've been in this awakening of like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, world. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) I I would sing, if I would sing, you know, ready to step into kind of my space right now. And that's in the dismantling process Mm -hmm. of all the things that I was taught that is no longer supporting me. Damn, when you're talking about that, I'm just feeling like, like guilty
2: for like my myopic view of my life.
0: Okay, first off, I'm so glad that you brought that up. So here's what happens when we start to examine our privilege, right? We start to examine like shit.
2: I'm literally a, like when you I'm a like, white hmm. woman in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like
0: my biggest problem is like the gas is like twenty cents higher than it was yesterday. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean
2: we have No my so, problem is my roots right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have okay first off we have genuine problems and there's and yeah you know everyone has genuine problems and it's you know when we're little and, and we didn't finish our plates and we're like well there's starving children in Africa and like you felt like you had a like feed, yeah. e- e- So that's kind of unfair. We can't be comparing people's problems. So we can't say that just because your problems doesn't look like their problems, your problems are invalid. Because that creates a sense of um, disconnect between you and your experience in life. And we're mm-hmm. not trying to do that. Everyone has their genuine problems. I'm sure Ivanka Trump has genuine problems because the mm-hmm. country hates her. So I'm sure she feels mm-hmm. <laughs> genuinely problem stuff. Yeah. So we're not taking that away. And we have to honor that. We have to honor mm-hmm. where we are. I was born, like I am Latina, so people think that I'm not white, but my heritage comes from Europe. So I am white. My skin is white. A little, mm-hmm. little tanner. I know you and got tans tans. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I'm blonde. So I, I'm from Brazil, which is a country that's very sexualized in this country. People love it. As opposed yeah, to if mean. I were to say I'm from Iraq, people would perceive me differently. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I have a I have a, a, a certain amount of privilege and I have a little bit less because I'm an immigrant. So we all have that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. Some may be on the complete like all the way in the privileged spectrum okay so we're not taking away anyone's problems yeah and what happens when we start to awaken to our privilege and start to realize like wow i have been kind of looking at a smaller lens Mm -hmm. and now i'm being invited to open at a bigger lens is a shame and guilt is kind of inevitable
2: i think mine is more so like my the educate the sources or the Places that I'm going to educate myself on a daily basis or yeah. keep myself informed or keep myself connected to other people are more in the space of what I'm in. And yes. I'm not really looking outside myself. And that is why I do
0: not like the phrase, your vibe attracts your tribe. Hmm. I don't like it because of this. Yeah. Because our vi- whatever our vibe That's is true. only really brings in our same type of people. Yeah. And when we're surrounded by the same type of people, then we're not really challenged to grow and to yeah. be anybody better yeah that's true Um, and so one of the things I always invite people is notice your friend group and notice if it's all one race one color whatever as you know a white person I just feel like maybe we have a little bit more responsibility in our privilege to expand our friend circle and really and and that's not to say have the token black friend that's not what I'm saying (laughs) but to really start to notice if we're inclusionary in our in our tribe quote unquote Uh, okay so when we feel shame we immediately want to shut down because shame around our privilege mm-hmm. is very uncomfortable, and that's mm-hmm. why they, they call it white fragility, hmm. and it's that fragile ego that we have. That yeah, oh my gosh, like someone's trying to take away my, my life, my mm-hmm. who my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's called white pri- uh, white fragility, and it's a real thing. Like mm-hmm. when you try to call people out that they were a little bit racist or sexist, people I don't, don't do like that, that mm-hmm. right? They
2: they feel that fragile sense yeah. of you're about to like. What does Donald Trump say? What did he say? Like about he's like I love black people like <laughs> he said like the weirdest shit. I no,
0: no one loves
1: black people more, more than, than me. Donald Trump. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm, should, no
1: one respects women more yes, than I. Do. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. So shame and guilt are kind of inv- inevitable when yeah. we start to awaken, and I think what's really important is that we sit with the shame mm-hmm. and we don't let it close us down mm-hmm. because that's the tendency when we are like being questioned that we may have been living in a little bubble. Yeah, we immediately want to like, no, 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 I can't hear you, man, I can't hear you. Sucky, you do that. Yeah, I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. Um, but we do this just unconsciously because we're so. This is ego at work. We're so attached to our life and our privilege, and we're attached to. Having life be nice and rosy—that we don't want to see the shit. Yeah. we want to believe that we're in a post-feminist, post-racist society. Like we want to believe that so badly. So, start to notice the shame and the guilt mm-hmm. as they come up, you know, and and really just be with that. And this is a lot of the work I do with my women is really practice honoring their emotions instead of pushing our emotions to the mm-hmm. side. And honoring yeah. our emotions is or dishonoring our emotions is what gets us into places like binge eating and you know, having Mm, body dysmorphia and issues with our body because we're disconnected from it. Yeah, Emotions are pretty crucial, especially for women. So we want to start practicing honoring our shame, honoring the guilt, honoring it and holding space for it. And then knowing that if it's coming up, it means that there's something deeper there. Yeah. that This is not the last stop. And if you can really open up to it, you're going to be shown such a beautiful world such a a a world of vast potential that lies Mm. within every human being if we just weren't so scared of being challenged Mm -hmm. and so scared and you know the more narrow our existence is like we surround ourselves with the same people and we don't travel you know because we can't or we don't want to you know there's both Um, but we kind of close ourselves off and then pretty soon We stop stretching ourselves so far and we get more and more comfortable, more and more, you know, in our little existence. It's so easy to then understand why we then become racist or because everything's challenging us. And so our opportunity as awakened spiritual badass entrepreneurs who have so much potential is to open, Mm -hmm. open and open and open and expand, Mm -hmm. expand that. Awakening to our privilege actually makes you a better human, not a lesser human. Mm -hmm. And that guilt and shame can burn into a a sense of justice and a sense of love for Mm -hmm. humanity in a deeper way than just humans that tend to have a melatonin level that agrees with you. Mm -hmm. And that's the invitation here is to start challenging the beliefs, start challenging the marketing, start challenging the stuff that you've been doing from the lens of if I challenge then what if I can expand into something even better?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when I make money from that, it feels genuinely good. Mm. It feels like I'm doing good in the world instead of exploiting the world.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. if we talk about like everything is energy, then energetically we must be feeling something is off in the coaching world. And mm-hmm. we are seeing that. There's yeah. a lot of people that are calling this stuff out. Yeah. Because they're feeling it. They're feeling like there's something off. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. My job.
2: Literally. Whoa. You're blowing my fucking mind.
0: (laughs) Welcome to my life. Now, do you
2: have any,
1: um, like, resistance from. I just really fast. (laughs) Just kidding. Resistance (laughs) from the coaching world? Like, are you vocal about this in a
0: way? I am. Yeah, I've been posting a lot on my social media. First off, write down everydayfeminism.com. It's a great, great website for all people, all beings who want to educate and learn more about inclusivity. And uh, being more woke, being more "quote unquote" woke, yeah. uh, being more familiar with mm. these issues about and, all
2: topics are only related to women.
0: Uh, all topics. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot about privilege, fragility. They talk about how we can relate to the different races in a better way. We can talk. They talk about how to support. Pe- it's not just about feminism. So, so the word is intersectional feminism. Mm-hmm. So, intersectional feminism is this idea that you are your more, def- you're not just defined by your gender, you're also defined yeah. by the color of your skin, you're also defined by your uh, status in in the world, mm-hmm. you know, you're defined by many different intersections, and so if we only talk about one of those intersections, we, we are missing on the opportunity of talking about how they all come together, mm-hmm. so you're not just a woman, you are you know, a black woman, and therefore your blackness gives you a certain experience, your womanness gives you a certain experience, and together they create a more of a myriad of experiences that we need to be talking about. So that's a really good website. Yeah, I've been getting some pushback from from people, um, but mostly I think people are relieved that there's someone that's actually speaking stuff that they've been feeling for mm. a very long time. Mm-hmm. Again, because I really think that there is a bubble that's bursting in the coaching world specifically, because it's the only one that I really can speak of. But um the more I speak to this, and I talk about how manifesting is a lot of baloney, uh, it's really some of it is completely true, most of it is a lot of um, not grounded in realness. So I'll give you one example, yeah, real quick. I'll speak to that.
2: Just say their name. Say my name. Say <laughs> my name. <laughs> say the coach's name when no he's <laughs> around you. Say you maybe know, I, you. Uh,
0: I don't. I don't have any I'm particular coaches. I have a whole list mm. that I keep in the back of my mind, but it's good. <laughs> because, fucking blacklist. Yeah. Because No, it's good because I like, I follow them and I see what they're writing and then I write the exact opposite. Or I'll be like, "That's problematic." Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so here is like you fucking stole that quote. <laughs> Oh my God, that's another podcast. Yeah. So here's, here's a really simple little thing about manifesting that I have a problem with. So when I was taught manifesting, um, I even I recently did a video on this and I even quoted a specific passage in the book, God, it's slipping, Wallace Waddles, something about making money. He's, it's like one of the more foundational manifestation books. And he writes specifically in the passage, you cannot look at poverty or you become poor. You cannot look at what is broken or you become broken. And so we are taught in the manifesting world, like in the manifesting conversation that if you want to manifest a million dollars, you can't look at your lack or look at your brokenness, right? It's called scarcity mentality. Yep. So you have to be focused on abundance and attract in order to attract abundance, like attracts like, you have to feel abundant, be abundant, have all the abundances, okay? So on on one level, of course, that's true. Of course, if you're always focusing in that negative space of I'm broke and broke and broke and broke and broke, it's very hard for you to be inspired to make something mm. happen. Yeah. It's, it, and it's not even just because like attracts like. It's how our mind works. If you're so caught up in this shit, it's very hard for you to like give a little perspective and think about the greater yeah. picture. This is how the mind works. Fight, flight, freeze. Right. OK, so. On one level, it's totally fine. On the other level, um, the majority of the world is in a state of poverty, and it's very privileged to not look at it because you're not in a state of poverty. Mm-hmm. Like it's It's very easy for us to say, well, just never look at poor people, and we won't become poor. But I have family in Brazil who are poor, and what are you telling me? That I can't admit that they're poor, that I can't look at them, I can't talk to them, I can't mm-hmm. be with them? So this is a privileged position, see, mm-hmm. where we're saying, I can't even I can't even think about the fact that the majority of the world, you know, the median salary in the world is ten thousand a year. Mm-hmm. I can't even think about the ninety eight percent in the world if I want to become the two percent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's true. I don't think that that's a very grounded way of looking mm-hmm. at manifestation. Mm-hmm. I think we can completely hold space because oh, because then it it perpetuates this idea that if you're poor, it's your fault, and you just gotta manifest your way into richness, mm-hmm. right? Because like attracts like. So if anyone has the power of the law of attraction, that means everyone can be rich Mm -hmm. and everyone can have a bajillion dollars if they really Mm -hmm. wanted it. So the fact that the majority of the world doesn't and maybe you don't, then you're broken and not believing in yourself enough. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that there is an endless amount of resources in the world. Who said that? Like who was like there is endless money in the world? There's not endless money. You can't just print more money. It lowers the value of the money down. There is not an endless amount of water. There is finite leaves there are finite leaves in the world like i'm sure some crazy person could count them all like there you know what i'm saying like yeah. mm-hmm. there's a vast amount like our mind can't even imagine how many stars there are mm-hmm. but there's a limited amount mm-hmm. and so i think we we skewed this manifestation to believe that because there is endless amount of stars that means i can have them all mm. Does that make sense? Like, I can have all of the stars because... Or just that there's no limit to what I can manifest or there's no limit to what I can receive. And so, so what I'm saying is, and I like to quote this as the zebras versus the lions. So if you think of yourself as a lion and you're in the, you know, the safari. Safari? Safari? Is that safari? The word? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So let's talk about it this way. There's, let's say before humans fucked it up, there's endless zebras, okay? There's Mm -hmm. an abundance of zebras. There's true abundance of zebras. That means the lion has an abundance of zebras. Mm -hmm. He can eat as many zebras as he wants. Mm -hmm. So that's all true so far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But maybe he's not supposed to have all of the zebras. Mm -hmm. Because if he were to have all of the zebras, then... He'd be fat. He'd be fat. (laughs) He'd be, like, Mm -hmm. glutton. Yeah. And he would be taking away from the other lions. We never want to think about money that way, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're so neurotic about our money that we can't fathom that if there is a number of zebras, it may be an abundance of it. There may be more than enough for everybody. But if you take more than your fair share, there will be less for somebody else. So maybe instead of manifesting in terms of you can have it all, what if it means you can have as much as you need, and that can be a lot. The ze- the lion can be very happy with one zebra a week. He can feel fulfilled, he's fit, he still likes that little hunger of like the the hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, he feels f- happy and purposeful. He feels like he has time in his hands to lick his paws and to mate and to do right, like he, he has an abundance of time. Mm-hmm. He feels good about himself, but he doesn't have to have 30 million zebras in order to have that. Mm-hmm. He can have his once a week or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So in that image, What if we were to think of money that same way? Like we can all have enough. We do all have the possibility of having enough. And what if we don't have to have it all in order to feel really good about ourselves? And I think what what that does is it gives us a liberating sense of what if I don't need to make 30 million billion dollars in order to feel fulfilled? Like what if I can have a business that Make steady income, and I can be doing really good work, and I can have my BMW convertible, and I can have a nice house that I feel happy in. It's not the biggest, it's not the smallest, and I can give back, and I have a lot of abundance of money that I can give Mm -hmm. back. And what if that could be good enough? Like, what if, what if I can fill up my space, but not need to fill up everybody else's space as well? Mm -hmm. So that's a a belief I've been playing with around manifesting and law of attraction. Is just let's get a little more. Grounded and real, we can have it all because we are white women that know how to be savvy and scrappy, and we've worked Mm -hmm. hard and we've we've gone through so much stuff, and we've had so many opportunities and so many challenges, and we can have whatever we want. We really truly can. And let's be mindful the fact that maybe not everyone is on the same path, and not everyone else can. And what is our responsibility in that?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: That's all I'm saying. here we don't have to get all radical. We don't have to become a feminist. I think it's just important to be a little bit more of conscientious human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's the high horse I've been preaching from.
2: <laughs> I feel like travel, travel has really helped me do that. Like, it's like, I think, you know, I'm like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You know, blah, blah. And then it's like, I go to like Vietnam or in Africa and I'm like in these like townships in Africa and it's like, everything happens for a reason for you. Yeah. You know, like, for you it's nice to say that
0: well and it's easy to say that when you don't have cancer
2: exactly
0: or you don't have to have your leg amputated because you stepped on or a anything bad or anything bad anything bad mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah that's so and that's great you know i i think if we could have if i could change some things around i would have the government sponsor each individual in america to travel to a third world country
3: yeah
0: um and i think that would be amazing the majority of americans haven't mm. Traveled beyond their tri-state area. They don't want to. They can't. They don't have the resources. They don't have finances. You know. Again, it's like Mm -hmm. it's hard to try. Or it's a curated trip. Mm -hmm. So, so if we could sponsor more travel, if we could, Mm -hmm. you know, sponsor Mm -hmm. young kids, high schoolers to travel to a different country, I think they would become more open-minded. They would be um, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit more social, like more into the social economy. Um, but again, the majority of this country, are they can't afford that. And that's, you know. That's a goal of mine with blogging
2: is to do travel trips, like volunteer trips. Mm. So like documenting and sharing volunteer trips that I go on. So not only will I be taking great trips that are amazing that I want to tell you about where I was staying, what I was eating, what I was wearing, but mm. also to like volunteer trips around the world where yeah. you can like help people,
0: where you can also donate and participate. Yeah. And it'd be great to sponsor people, too. Yeah. You know, like, like um. Humans of New York did this amazing campaign where they um, Humans raised... Humans of New York is
2: everything. Oh
0: my God, they're everything. He's, he's everything. And he fundraised to um, a campaign for one of the most um, uh, low-income school mm-hmm. for all of the kids to go to Harvard uh, once a year. Wow, and uh, the principal is amazing, and uh, she's like, "This is gonna, this changes the things because if these kids who live in the, the worst of the worst can see their, they can, yeah. ha- they can see that, most of them don't ever go out of their neighborhood, so mm-hmm. if they can start to even see that that's a, that could be a possibility for them." And they interviewed a bunch of the kids and how excited they are. Travel is everything, mm-hmm. and we have to find a way. Of spreading that travel joy around to people who can't afford it, mm-hmm. or you know, don't even know that they want it. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants it; they just may not know that they want it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know. true. Can we switch gears really fast and talk mm-hmm. about meditation?
0: Yeah, yeah. And Let's the, do
2: it. your so where you, how you found meditation, your
0: practice? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been meditating since I was seven. How? My mom (laughs) does she meditate? She does. So my mom's a a spiritual teacher long before I became a teacher. Peanuts meditate. So she she got she bought the VHS tapes with the little kids like doing yoga and like I did you guys are giving me way too much credit. I fucking hated every second of it. That's amazing. I mean, when I was forced to meditate, I was like, sit there like, yeah. man, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, you know. Your little seven-year-old brain, like, what the fuck are you thinking about? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know. What
0: the fuck are seven-year-olds thinking about? No idea. So, so, so that's fine. So when I was going through that awakening kind of experience after college uh, and during college, mm-hmm. I started dabbling in uh, Buddhism Mm -hmm. because Mm. Buddhism for me felt non-threatening. Like I wasn't ready to believe in God yet. Right. Like I wasn't like, even though I heard that voice, Mm. like I wasn't ready to go all gung ho with the universe. You know what I mean? So what I love about the Buddhist tradition, so beautiful is that it's really about finding a sense of belonging and safety within yourself. Mm. And, um, you know, the Buddha says what I'm doing now, challenge everything. Do not believe anything challenge everything i say to you mm. um and so i i started kind of um, uh, practicing some of the buddhist traditions like i started practicing some vipassana i started doing um just some tonglen meditation you know playing with um just sitting <laughs> and uh, i never really liked guided meditations I've, i didn't want someone else to fucking tell me how to meditate mm-hmm. i really just like to sit in silence And uh, then I became a yoga teacher, so I got even more kind of tools in my toolkit, and I Mm -hmm. learned a lot about the Hindu tradition and um, chanting and Mm. uh, mantras, and that was a really beautiful experience, and so I started infusing some of that in my meditation, and now... I just kind of let the day tell me what I meditate and how I meditate. Some days I don't. Mm -hmm. And the best part about the days that I don't is I have no judgment that I don't meditate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the most freeing things that we can give ourselves is Mm -hmm. to let go of the shoulds and expectations Mm -hmm. of how our practice should look like and be like. Mm -hmm. So I just show up and then, on days that I want to meditate, I do. And some days I journal, and some days I just sit there and look at my, you know, altar. And some days I do like an hour yoga class, you know, yoga experience. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been it's been a really cool journey. But mostly, I found that meditation can be really, really beautiful if we can just commit to it, mm-hmm. like as much as possible. Yeah, to yeah. And when you don't want to sit in meditation, that you don't want to like sit with the feelings of I don't want to I don't want to meditate. Mm-hmm. You know like meditate on that wanting to meditate. It, it you'll start to find that there's a deeper sense of who you are beyond your thoughts and I think that's mm-hmm. that that's amazing because when we can start separating ourselves from our thoughts then we're not so fragile in our ego mm-hmm. and when someone tells us like that's racist or that that's privileged it's not so hard 100%. on ourselves because we're a little separated we know that we're deeper than that 100%. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love meditating and I and I think the more that we can all Invite more of that meditative reverence and uh, devotion to life. I think we'll find ourselves being much less reactive when Trump mm-hmm. says something shitty. I think that's something I've
2: realized now too with meditation. Like I've meditated for five years, six years, and it's changed my life. It's changed my personality. It's mm-hmm. changed there's nothing in my life that's changed me more than meditation. And that's, I've realized actually the past year, meditation has changed my reaction to people's feedback Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So if my family has feedback for me, if my job has feedback for me, if Justin has feedback for me, it's like, I just am so much, I take it so much better. Yeah, I'm just like, totally. Like, I get that. Like, I just don't, I'm not like offended by it. Like I'm not, It's not personal. I don't it's not like I don't care. It's just like my ability to have not have my ego be bruised by someone else's feedback or opinion of me is like so much different than it's ever been. Yeah. It's really beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's that's the ultimate the ultimate goal with meditation, I think, is to help you become a better human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we forget that it does. Yeah, we forget because we, we kind of all love the idea of being still so spiritual. Mm-hmm. spiritual.
1: Like I went to get
0: more calm. Yeah, that? I went to a, an event in in Venice.
2: It's my hood, baby. And a ceremony, meditation. V town at Rama. So, uh,
0: no, no, it was an event at um, Circle something. Circle, Circle. What's oh yeah, house? yeah, on the corner of yes. Rosen. Yes, 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 yes. So there was a, a woman that. So I was with my friend, and my friend wanted. I li- it does that. I yeah. like it. Oh
1: lights just went out.
0: It's kind of nice. It is kind of nice. I like it better. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went to... uh, So, okay. Me and my friend... I got distracted by the lights. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and my friend went to be introduced to her friend. Mm -hmm. And her friend is so spiritual that um, she was sitting and talking to somebody and refused to acknowledge our presence. And we stood there waiting for her to turn to us and talk to us for five minutes. But she was so spiritual. And just so grounded in They this use con-
2: spirituality as like a judgment. In I this, fucking actually know about
0: that. In yeah. this conversation, I'm just so I'm just so centered right now. Yeah, I'm so present with her. So present. Yep. And I'm like, suck hello. Like you know that we're here. Literally suck my dick. Yeah. So so it, it we you <laughs> so we use spirituality <laughs> to really deny ourselves the humanness of this experience. So instead, I like to think of spirituality as a way to inform the human experience into a really more kind, loving experience where you can say to the person that's waiting five minutes, I love you, I see you, let me just, I I acknowledge your presence Mm. and now I'm going to continue this conversation and also I'm going to say, you know what, this conversation is very deep and I cannot give you my full presence right now because I'm in a fucking workshop in Venice so why don't we have this conversation Mm. another time? Or something, anything, I don't know, I don't care. It's just, like, what if we didn't have to be such dicks about spirituality, spirituality.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> feel that literally i live in venice and i fucking feel that Yes. real quick so for people who want to meditate how would you tell them how to meditate because i think a lot of our listeners are curious about meditation no. they're interested in it mm, good um,
0: so how would you coach someone how to meditate so the first thing i i like to invite people is to not do a sitting meditation mm-hmm. and the only reason why i often and don't invite the sitting meditation right away is you know we've been running away from our thoughts and ourselves and our lives our entire lives. Mm. So if you're like 30 years old and you've been running away from yourself for 30 years with all the distractions and all the things and you've Mm -hmm. never actually listened to yourself, it's very terrifying. Yeah. And most people, when they're faced with the idea of having to sit in silence with themselves and their thoughts are just terrified. And so... I hear a lot of, I know I should meditate, but I just don't. Well, that's why it's actually very healthy that you don't want to meditate because you're going to be inundated with the things in your head that you've been distracting yourself from or binging on or whatever. So instead of going all in, which, again, if you want to go all in, go all in. But what I found to be a more sustainable way to kind of introduce yourself to meditation is to, you know, do something like yoga which gets you moving in your physical body. Um, So you start to um, disassociate yourself a little bit from your thoughts through your physical practice. Um, And also just to find ways to do moving meditations. Like I invite my clients to start by when they're brushing their teeth. You know, just when you're brushing, see if you can really focus your attention Mm. on the actual experience of brushing your teeth. And the minute you're being pulled into your thoughts, notice those thoughts and come back to the experience. The same thing for doing the dishes. We do these things so mindlessly, like we're just thinking about all of our to-do list while we're doing the dishes. What if we took that opportunity to get really in a sense of reverence to the dishes, to mm-hmm. the food that you just consumed, right? And be like scrubbing each dish, like noticing how the water feels in your hands. It's, it's a simple practice. It can take just a couple minutes a day. And then once you start feeling more comfortable mm-hmm. with bringing your attention to one thing and focusing on your breath and focusing on that. Then I invite you to do a sitting meditation. Start like two minutes, three minutes. My favorite app is the Insight Timer uh, meditation app. It's beautiful. You can do a gong uh, or you can do guided meditations. And they have so many guided Mm -hmm. meditations. Tara Brock is my favorite. No.
2: You don't like her? She's my favorite. She's everything to mm-hmm. me. She's everything to me. Her <laughs> voice is the only voice that I like. Want. It's so She's true. She's amazing. I listen to
0: her and Jack Cornfield almost every day. She's amazing. Do you know Jack Cornfield? Canfield. Cornfield. No, I don't know him. Oh. I don't know him either. He's he's like Biffles with Tara. They did a. <laughs> i know their entire relationship that's no, getting love that uh jack is based out of here on uh-huh. the west coast and she's based out of the east coast yeah right. she's
2: like in maryland she's in Bethesda. i saw her live yeah, i would did. see her
0: live every week yeah she's beautiful
2: yeah she rocks
0: uh yeah i like to listen to her when i'm falling asleep so her meditations is on insight yeah. timer yeah. uh so i i highly recommend her and uh she just brings such practicality to spirituality little jokes I know, love her and during his, her little talk. So Jack Cornfield does the exact same thing. Love them, but love in them his very grounded, jokes. masculine mm. energy. So she has that kind of feminine, and mm. he, mm, you're gonna love him. Love. He is divine, divine. He's a that's divine beautiful. man. I love him very much. So yeah, so that love. that's. That's great. It's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to do. Does, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. But the internal stuff is scary and overwhelming when you're mm-hmm. not used to it. So you've got to ease into
1: it. Yeah, yeah we got to just be gentle.
0: So you know, notice every time you say "should," because that maybe you shouldn't. I think it was Thich Nhat Han who says, yeah. "If you think that you should, you probably shouldn't." If you think yeah. you have to meditate, you're not ready to meditate. And I'm so onto that because when you're not natu- when you're ready to meditate, you're just going to naturally meditate. um and but but because we live in a society where that's not even taught we may never feel like it's time to meditate and the more that we can find ways to bring reverence and mindfulness into your daily activities the more like when you're waiting in line what if you weren't to be on your phone like what would that look like Mm. like instead of being on your phone in starbucks line you can just take deep breaths and count Mm -hmm. your breaths you know or when you're, you know, about to go to sleep, instead of being on social media, what if you were to just focus on taking really deep breaths? Mm-hmm. Breath work is my favorite. Oh, it can, immediate like, mm-hmm. just grounding. So, there's all those ways. Love that. What so are you excited good, about? What am I excited about? I'm excited that it's uh, summer, and I just, we get to go to the I'm beach. Not. I love the beach. I do, too. It's we, too I hot. mean, Sheila's right. Yeah. It's getting hot, but I, I don't think it's going to be
1: this hot all summer. I know. No. I agree. So,
2: yeah. I was just like Don't sticking in my apartment, like cooking. I was like, I'm sweating. <laughs> like, <ugh.
0: laughs> what are you excited about for your, for your coaching business? Yeah. yeah, I am really excited. I, f- I finally have like a really clear plan of mm-hmm. how I want to operate for the rest of the year. And I'm relaunching my Own Your Spotlight group program in August, but Yay. it's going to have a really more inclusionary um, uh, kind of marketing vision on it mm-hmm. so it's, so Own Your Spotlight is uh, I teach a master class in a group program and it's all about how to support women in activating their voices and finding their voice and mm-hmm. finding their um, so it's it's really um, so it's nothing in the program is inherently different but I'm packaging it up just a little bit differently mm-hmm. to feel more aligned to yeah. how I've been awakening in the past few months I'm really excited about that and my master class is going to be in November here in LA I'm really excited oh. about that Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, be there. great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really, really good. Waiting, yeah. at <laughs> waiting at the door. Waiting at the door. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah.
2: You <laughs> 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 said you were inclusionary. <laughs> <laughs> what about us?
0: And how can our <laughs> listeners find you? And so you can go to you. my yeah, you can go to my website, taste sky.com It's Thais tastes <laughs> like, like Thailand. T H A I N N S and another S K Y dot com. Your website's beautiful. Thank you. Go on. And I love uh I love to be on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. and to be on Instagram and all the social media platforms. Great. So you can find all that.
2: And your blog posts are good, too.
0: Yeah. They're really good. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So you also that. coach for
2: yoga, too.
0: I do. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I started out as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and a health coach. And now I've, form- I've, you know, grew more into being a a worthiness coach, I guess, if you have to put it that way, and a spiritual mindfulness mm-hmm. kind of teacher. Uh, but I love yoga asana. I love Meditation. I love connecting to something mm. bigger than ourselves and inside of ourselves. I love that connection. I feel like it's so essential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm pulling myself away just a little bit, like uh, yoga asana mm-hmm. and and vinyasa and yoga studios. Just haven't really found my a group of, uh, like a yoga studio that really screams that drives with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an, yeah that screams like not Instagram la yogi. Have you been to the yoga Dev? Yeah. I don't think I have. It's in Venice. It's in Venice. everything. Oh, actually, I have. Yes, yes, I have. I have a subs- I, it's my. It's a little far from me. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But love. I yoga has always been the backbone of my life. Mm. So love. We'll see how it goes. That's amazing. Love. Thank Ooh. you. So Hashtag was, love and light. Like something like let's you change my the life. <laughs> Can we do a part two of this? Yeah, yo, I feel like we have like, a lot to talk
3: about.
2: Yeah, this like. Yeah.
0: All I'm saying,
2: <laughs> people, don't have
0: like stimulating conversations all the time like this it's just important I do. to bring awareness to our lives that's all yeah it's just
1: most people are like to be in their la la well land. i think people say well i should be more mindful and it's like there's i think there's a difference between like mindfulness and being like fully aware yeah. of like i think mindfulness is like very like Inward.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's what I'm having. Me. This is what I'm having, kind of like um, not an issue, but like I'm I'm meandering around. It's like, how do you get people to wake up? Like, how do you get people to wake yeah. up? Like, not even wake up to spirituality, um, but wake up to let's let's use the word feminism just mm-hmm. for the hot moment because I feel like that's the best way <laughs> mm-hmm. to embody it. La popping poppin. Uh, how do we get more people to to become aware of of their privilege and to become aware? Yeah. And there's you know, this is a rhetorical question. There are a lot of amazing activists who are every day yeah. uh, advocating for social justice and racial justice and awakening white people. And there's t- go to everyday feminism, you'll see that there's so many people who are having this conversation. Um, so I'm not alone, but I've just been really sitting with, like, mm. what, what, why did I wake up when I did? Like, where have I been? Like, how did I not know about, like, of course, mm-hmm. in new like, racism? Like, we, you know, we always keep it in the back of our heads, but not to this mm-hmm. extent that we've been talking about today. Like, right. I was just a normal chick wanting to make money from her business you know and then to have this like mind blown like how did that happen? And why yeah. did that happen at this time? And what does that mean? And how do I support other people on that journey of mm. waking up? Is, it, is that what I'm going to see myself as being this disruptor and going to every single white woman and be like, did you know that racism is still real? You know, mm-hmm. like what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm so supposed to. Just whisper it in their face. <laughs> <Yeah>. So like <laughs> this whole podcast interview, like I may, you know. I, I knew I know a lot of what I'm just talking go to about. Like Brentwood,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like a little
2: dinner spot in Brentwood and be like racism and still real <laughs> <laughs> oh while they're God. eating their salad. i just put
0: I just hold up a sign and I'll just like slowly bring yeah. it up like right in front of
2: them. <laughs> while they're brunching. <laughs> while they're
0: brunching. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't outside know. of soul cycle yeah I don't do really. <laughs> and just and kidding. and like how do you not only get people to like understand um but actually have them like care mm-hmm. and like yeah. do some and do yeah. things differently and give a shit and give a shit and like yeah. really start to check in with what they're doing like not even see it as an external problem but as they contribute mm-hmm. to that problem mm-hmm. because every they are me white person contributes to the problem of racism in this country mm-hmm. because we all have Privilege. And again, it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. But every white man contributes to the inequality of sexism, inequality of of women in this country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They say, like, if if white people really wanted equality, we would have it. Mm -hmm. And don't you think that's true? Look, our entire government is run by white men. Mm -hmm. If they truly wanted equality for all yeah, that's true. it would already happen yeah so there's 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 a disconnect there mm-hmm. and so like i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. i just i'm feeling more and more responsible for knowing yeah and for understanding and for doing something about it yeah and uh, you know not everyone has to step up and first off you don't have to be a leader in any capacity there are already people doing this work support marginalized voices you, if you are like listening to this and you want to support the conversation of racism and sexism, like you don't have to start anything. You don't have to start a group or start the conversation. Just go to where they are already meeting Mm -hmm. because we have to support marginalized voices instead of empowering our own, right? There's enough Mm -hmm. white people talking about what to do, right? Mm -hmm. There was a, a white... A uh, male coach uh, on Facebook was thinking about starting to coach women because someone said that the world women will be the world will be saved by women, and he got so inspired by that he goes, "Oh, like maybe I need to be coaching women too." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. we don't need another white man coaching women. Yeah, so you need to true. support support women, so support true. women coaches, and being, you know, no. More importantly, really support your male clients and acknowledging where they may be oppressing women. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's a much more powerful conversation than trying to capitalize on the trend of women and try to, like, make money? But he, you know, it's like, these are the things Mm -hmm. that we've got to be asking ourselves. So, you don't have to lead anything. You just have to engage in a conversation that's already happening. Mm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Damn, girl. Damn! So powerful. So
1: powerful. Part two coming yeah.
0: soon. <laughs> thank you. Thanks in advance for coming here. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm totally so here. This fun. space is divine. Isn't it rule No, it's yeah, divine. You. But
2: we're really awesome as well. <laughs> <this> space, <laughs> obviously. Space is cool,
0: but we're you awesome. two are pretty kick ass. Thank we you are. so much for being here. Yeah, yeah thank you for having fun. me. We Love you. Can't wait to hang. Yeah. <laughs> We love you guys. Yeah, we'll be over later. We'll see you <laughs> we'll next inst- week. We'll Instagram it. We we'll will. Instagram all of our and then it will LA Adventures. <laughs> Hashtag <Thanks> manifest. <laughs> Hashtag light and Love. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.